The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can! With Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be a give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to hear what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. Now, here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. The Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio, is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at Unlock Your... Oops, wrong website. <laughs> How about keystoriches.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, Kindle, MP3 player, uh, or iPod. What was that one, right? I'm losing them all. Hey, you got a lot going on. I know. But you know what we, people should do is pick my new book for it. Yes, You Can 2.0 is available on both Audible and on Amazon MP3, so they can grab that. Yes, You Can 2.0. Mm. Very empowering oh, stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Produced I, right here at the Music Lab, West. I gave you a plug there. Flags. Way to go. Got to put you in the comment section with a big thumbs up. Five stars. <laughs> it helped me. <laughs> As opposed to the one with the gun at my head. There you go. No, 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 no. We don't have those here. What are you talking about? Shh. Stop. Anyway, thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Heather Wagonhals, flanked by the maestro of moolah held at gunpoint, Michael Terry. Hey, folks. How are we? And we are going to help you get your money mind right on today's episode with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. So, uh, first off, this week's key is... Create credit. Yes, it is. So credit is mystifying. And uh, before we go to fix it, we need to understand it and set our targets. And we're going to talk about what those are today. Our moolah word has to do with something intangible. 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 Um, That's not the word, but that's your hint. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, and uh, so... Let's talk about uh, a moneyism. What's our that, money drama that, today? That has to do with creating credit, I would imagine. Well, yes. And, and here's the biggest foible that folks do. And they say, okay, let's go buy a house, right? They're like, okay, we're in love or we just got married like the American dream, right? Buy a house. Mm-hmm. So let's go. And then everybody goes and applies for credit. And then one of two things happen. They either get turned down. Uh, and they're like, oh my gosh, why? Or they get approved, but then lose the home because they continue to spend. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't understand what's going on with their credit. Yeah. So that's going to be our money drama is the credit portion of the home buying process mm-hmm. and uh, where we get hung up or make mistakes. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's show. That's okay with I've you. Got, I've got a little bit to add on the homeowner thing too. I remember my 
you know, buying my first home, I, I ran into a nice little snag. So, so, uh, so <laughs> let's get going now. Um, and let's talk about this week's, um, moolah word, shall we? Absolutely. Our moolah word of the day. I said it has to do with something intangible and that would be service. Service, a type of economic activity that is intangible. It is not stored and does not result in ownership. Mm-hmm. Okay. A service is consumed, ideally, at the point of sale. So services are one of the two key components of economics, the other being goods. Examples of services include the transfer of goods. So like your delivery people that bring you stuff, that's a service that they're providing. Uh, Postal service delivering mail is one example. UPS, FedEx, uh, and now Amazon is in the delivery business too. So then there's them, and then there's all those little local yep. types of delivery services when you got to have it now. Flowers. Yes. Uh, and the use or expertise or experience, such as a person visiting a doctor or when folks seek me out for financial coaching or hypnotherapy, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's a service um, because there's not anything. It's an abstract quantity that they're receiving, if you will, mm-hmm. you know. Because they don't get to take me home <laughs> once they get the financial coaching to sit there and watch them count their pennies. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so there's an educational process. So they're paying for that service for me, educating them on better money management skills. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is your moolah word of the day service. So are you in a service business? Do you provide a service? Manicures is a service. Uh, audio production uh, is production. a sure. service. Sure. Uh, because you don't really, yeah. well, you, you have a lot of plugins, but then, <laughs> then again, that's not inventory. But it is kind of an intangible. It's a, it's one of the reasons why it's difficult to price things in the music business. You know, there's no, there's no set price for stuff. It's like. Right. It's willing buyer, willing seller yeah. negotiating freely in an open market. Yeah. It's, uh. You it's charged a, by the hour. You can do that, but that's, that sort of hurts you if you're. If you're, it's a, if it's a really creative project, then you're not getting a creative fee. So, yeah. Well, then you maybe got to lump that on on top. Yeah, you got to, you got to. It's very confusing. But, the surcharge. Yeah. I don't pay for that. I just pay for the punching bag. Yeah, you pay for the hourly. <laughs> <rate>. <laughs> anyway, moving right along, shall we? <laughs> My job is not to be creative here. <laughs> no, it is. You actually, you do have quite the magic wand. I'll just say that. You make me sound better um, than I think I ever have. So that's, no, that's a good thing. That's good. That's, that's a good thing. So that's your service is your moolah word of the day. So moving right along, let's join our key for the week, which is our ninth key, and it is create credit. So for those of you who are just stopping by for the first time, welcome. We're so glad to have you. If you are are returning um, as a guest, then you will have heard some of the other keys. But essentially, the keys to riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific tools to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, all while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time, one week at a time here at the Keys to Riches Radio. 
program. And uh, so creating credit is an important part of what you do financially uh, because it can allow you the opportunity that you wouldn't have to build wealth. And most people, when they think of credit, they think of getting more stuff. They don't think about, oh, this is my tool to build wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know this from personal experience because that's what I did when I got my first credit I, card. I did too. You know, I actually didn't go super nuts because I knew that I'd have to pay it off. But, you know, I was kind of like... Uh, I was really good until I met my first husband. <laughs> what does that tell you? He has a number, which means I am now serving a different number. <laughs> you know, when you go like in the bakery and you're like, number 22, chink, yeah. you have to pull that paper tab. Yeah. Now yeah. serving, we're not serving number one anymore, we're passive. <laughs> now serving husband number two. Don't have that same problem with husband number two, thankfully. Right. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, Credit can be used for the accumulation of material items, but if that stuff does anything for you is what you have to say, you know, what is the end use of this dollar, whether it's my own dollar or a borrowed dollar, because that's all credit is. Credit is an extension of future unearned income. That's all it is. So it's speculatory in nature. So uh, we're going to expand upon this when we talk about underwriting guidelines when we get to next week's show, which is Remember Real Estate. And we're going to talk about the four layers of risk and how to do an assessment to see if you're ready for the opportunity to begin home ownership. Because home ownership is the, it is not real estate investment. Let me make that clear. But home ownership is the beginning to successful real estate investment. And I'll explain that all next week. But suffice it to say, this is one of the four layers of risk that's involved in that. And the four layers for underwriting are simply character, capacity, capital, and collateral. And we'll address the other three next week. We are only concerned with the character layer of risk. And that has to do with our credit. And how we have managed our bills in the past is likely how we'll manage our bills in the future. Okay. It's like a mutual fund performance disclosure. You know, past performance does not necessarily indicate future results, but it's a good indicator. Why? Because behavior is consistent over time. If it's not, then you're in the funny farm. (laughs) If you have erratic behavior, you probably have uh, problems functioning in society. But, well, it's just the truth. I'm not, I'm not passing judgment. I'm just making an, an, an evaluation. Yeah. Um, so if you are having challenges with your credit or your finances, it's not likely the money. It's the behavior. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Pretty simple. Yes. Yes. However, our biology gets in the way from it being extremely simple. Yeah. <laughs> simple and deployable are totally different. Yeah. So if we think about this as a, a wealth building tool, it, our perspective about credit must shift. And it starts with that very first extension of credit because we have to build our character, our reputation. You know, one of the things that um, I, I loved this definition, I forget what public speaker I was seeing, but uh, I was uh, really engrossed in this gentleman's performance. I want to say it was Brian Tracy, but I just, 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, the summary of the quote was essentially that character is what you are is not what you do when people are watching. It's what you do when people don't. Very interesting. You know, and yeah. so we can talk up a good game. Oh, we yeah. can, you know, snow our neighbors, but our credit report is what's going on when nobody's watching. Right. Yeah, That's so, what it's keeping track it's of. So true. So. How are you behaving with your credit? Is it a free-for-all? Do you feel like you're entitled to it? Is somebody else's money? That big bank can afford it. Um, And that sort of stuff. Is that your attitude? Or are you fiscally prudent? Are you not using... Do you have credit but not use it at all? Because you're overly miserly and you are not leveraging its true potential for wealth building. And the reason why I say that is simply when you invest a dollar you own into, let's say, the stock market, it's going to earn at the rate of that $1 invested. But let's take a leveraged example. When you buy an asset-backed security, like a home is a good example. Uh, uh, I like real estate as a great example. So you buy a house and you use leverage, meaning you finance it. So you don't have to put the whole money down. So let's say it costs $10, but you only put $2 down. You put $2, you've got twice as much into that asset-backed security market that you do in the regular market, your your own dollar earning at $1, but you put two in in an investment property and you've borrowed eight more from someone else, you're not in earning at a rate of $2 invested. You're earning at a rate of 10. So you exponentially increase your effectiveness when you leverage yourself. So your uh, gross worth, which is not your net worth, but it's your gross value of items owned goes up exponentially compared to what you had to spend to acquire them. And the other beautiful thing about using asset-backed securities as investments is somebody else pays for you to take the risk. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing that people just don't really understand. And they think someday I'll buy a house, someday I'll do this. But first I got to buy a car and all these cool clothes and leverage my loafers (laughs) and make minimum payments on it. And, you know, people think I'm being condescending or cruel. Nope. I'm just telling you what I did. (laughs) And it happens all the time. It does. It does. And so the question becomes, what do we do about it? You are listening to the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Today's portion, uh, this portion is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only solution that actually prevents identity theft. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Keys to Riches radio listeners. Visit KeysToRiches.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to protect your identity now. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So first, in order to create the ideal credit profile to start leveraging ourselves successfully, we have to understand what credit is and what it is not. And then we need to understand 
what makes ideal credit. So what credit is, is your history, as we've discussed, of your credit experiences. And this was established many moons ago by merchants so they could determine whether or not it was in their best interest to lend you money or extend you credit, allow you to buy stuff without paying for it today. Now, it's been around for a very, very long time. You know, before we actually used money, you know, we did credit and butters like mercantiles back in the day. You know, they would take extensions of they would make extensions of credit to folks who would have crops or harvests or livestock or cattle or something, you know, that they would be bringing to market. But they didn't have the money now, but they needed the supplies now in order to make the money. You know, so these merchants were investing in these people, but for that investment, they got what? A little fee. So they made it worth their while to extend somebody credit. So yeah, I'm giving you $10 worth of product and I probably had to pay $5 for it, but when you pay me back, I'm going to get 12. So that's okay. You know, so, so that's how they're making money is because they're assessing the level of risk to extend you credit and they're going to charge you a fee for that money now versus if you saved it up on your own and you determine whether or not that's worth worthy of you. Plus, once you pay them back, they'll tell everybody else how well you did that. And that's what your credit report contains. Every merchant that you've ever borrowed money from, they're telling them how you paid them back. If you paid them back, how consistently, whether it was on time, all of that stuff. Now, we need to separate credit quality from credit score because credit quality is ultimately what gets underwritten when you apply for mortgage financing, okay? So it's not just about how much credit you have, but it's going to be what types of credit you have and how you've paid them back, not score, because score is just a statistical rate of default. The higher your score, the lower the risk. It actually used to be different. You know, the, the mortgage risk assessment score was flip-flopped. And so a zero was zero risk, and the higher the number, you know, but they flip-flop that mm-hmm. uh, with these other credit reporting agencies. Also, the type of credit you're applying for changes what your score is. So even if you go on to annualcreditreport.com and get your free credit report and pay for the upgrade to have the score with it, that score is just like their score, weighting everything in there equally. But there, if I'm a mortgage lender, I don't care so much how you manage small or intermediate debt. I care about how you manage intermediate and long-term debt. So short-term or revolving accounts aren't going to be weighted in this statistical formula as heavily as mortgage or long-term credit, 20 years or more. So that's what I'm going to look at as an underwriter. So, so the score can be artificially low or artificially high, and that happens because the reporting is not mandatory or on a particular schedule. You report as you see fit, and when you use the system, you pay to use it when you're a player in there. So depending on how often you know, you're know you pulling credit, what size of the account, how many, how many files you pull every month or however they bill it, um, will determine on how often these folks are recording. Um, So some things may not be recorded. You might have paid off a debt uh, to a company, but they're a smaller player in the credit world. And so perhaps they only report quarterly. So it may still show a balance, although you've already paid it off. Okay. Now, do we want regimentation? Do we want more rules and bureaucracy? No, absolutely not. Because you can fix that when it comes time to applying for credit. And that's when you'll get a verified 
Worldwide Credit Report called an RMCR, an RMCR, and that's a a, a, a verified tri-merged credit report that somebody hand pulls and makes sure that each credit line is up to date and has its current balance and stuff like that. But that's going too deep. So let's get back to the superficial overview of what I'm trying to say. So. Uh, so underwriters are going to see how you have managed your long-term debt. If you don't have any, the closest thing to that is what they're going to be looking at. So, you know, five to seven year car payments and, and stuff. If you, They're also going to look at rental history because how, whether or not you pay your rent on time is likely, you know, how you're going to pay your mortgage on time. And the reason why is it's housing, whether you own it or don't own it. It's how consistent are you and your landlord will report you, especially if you default. So if you default on your lease, if you skip, you're going to be known as a skip in the system and it'll show on your credit report. If you skip and uh, your deposit didn't cover the damages, by golly, that'll go on your credit report too. And they don't have to notify you and send you to collections because if you read the fine print in your rental agreement, it says all fees and all charges. It's kind of like a boilerplate statement there that everything is due upon um, uh, the contract um, cancellation uh, or completion, depending on where you are in the process. And uh, it says that you're aware that you'll be responsible for all of that stuff. At the time of move out. So if you haven't flushed the coffers knowing that, hey, I damaged some of these walls or my dog ate the carpet or whatever, my cat urinated in the closet so much that the drywall got eaten away, that um, uh, so they don't have to notify you and bill you and send you to collections. They can just tag your credit report. And it's because you agreed to that. <laughs> and you're least, but, and that's, you know, nobody reads anything anymore. So that's how we get into trouble. This is true. Because we're not paying attention. Uh, so what what does go into our credit report, um, and let's talk score for a moment because everybody's curious. There are 85 factors that go into your credit score, but only three make a hill of beans worth of difference. For a trivia question, Miguel. Yeah. Uh, what two things are not included in, in your credit score. Oh, jeez. Um, would it be bank account balances? Nope, that's in there. Oh, really? Um, two things. Hey, you got me. Income and... Race, country, color, creed, religion, national origin, marital status. That's it. Right. Those two. Yeah. So any of the Equal Credit Opportunity Act factors and income are not included in your credit score. You are just a number. You're not even male or female in that scenario. So wealth has nothing to do with it. Nope. Not at all. That's an underwriting decision that an underwriter, a human being makes that has nothing to do with your score. So now that we understand that it's part of the four layers of risk, and we'll talk about how wealth and income play into it in next week's show. But as far as today's show is concerned, what the goal is to be able to apply for government assisted um, or government insured mortgages 
you need to have two trade lines for a minimum of 24 months with zero late. Now, you can have more than 24 months, uh, but only the last 24 have to be uh, zero late. Um, you could have had hiccups in your credit profile in the past. Um, what the great thing is, is that the three factors that determine a majority of your credit score are on-time payments, 30%, uh, balance related to limit. So open and available credit is 35% of your score. And 15% of your score is how long the accounts have been opened. So longevity is key. So when people say, oh, cut up all your cards, cancel all your accounts, don't do it. Run from those people don't want because they have no clue what they're talking about. Because a credit report and a credit score is just a snapshot of this moment in time. It can change daily. So it could be different tomorrow. It could be radically different or minimally different. It depends on who reported balances going up, who reported payoffs, you know, who reported new lines of credit being opened. All that stuff makes a difference. So your credit score, like that commercial shows, isn't something you should be tattooing on your arm. (laughs) Just like that girl did. It was pretty funny. Uh, So that's the goal. Two trade lines. 24 months, zero late. Or if we're talking conforming conventional, if you want to put more money down, let's say you're already a homeowner and uh, you don't want to do the unlock your wealth strategy for building wealth through real estate because we have our own separate workshop and seminar for that. If you don't want to do that, you just want to buy a straight out investment property then you need to put 20% down. And so you're going to have to have four trade lines, 24 months, zero lights, and likely not just credit cards. Because you could have an artificially high score. Let's say you have one Victoria's Secret card you've had for like, you know, nine months, and they just, you happen to have your credit pulled on the day that your balance reported paid off. (laughs) And you could have an artificially high score. But that doesn't mean you have the credit quality to approve for financing. So that's where you need to go. One of the things that people make mistakes, and if we just talk about our our money drama, is people make the decision to go buy a house and they don't pull their credit first. And so the only way to truly know if you are going to qualify, and it's not related to score again. I mean, score is a factor that people do, but only initially. The actual underwriting quality makes more of a difference. And so what you need to be concerned with is finding out if you have any collection accounts on there, anything that's misreported or wrongly reported, as much as I would like to think I am the most unique and individual person I am, that doesn't mean others don't share my name or similar names. And I've had several accounts muddled with my social security number because of name, because of the way the credit bureaus pull credit. And so because of that, you need to be aware of and catch that stuff before a lender does, because you can have that fixed. Because once a lender gets a number, a credit score... They're going to rate everything based on that. And that's gonna, what's going to stick in their head more so than anything else. And it's going to jade your ability to get a, a quality interest rate. It's going to jade the amount of money that you can spend because the higher the interest rate, the lower the affordability. Because you're going to be maxed out, you'll find out next week, on how big a payment you can manage based on your income alone, not your credit. 
And so if you can only afford a $100 mortgage payment, you'll be able to buy more house with a, you know, 4% mortgage versus an 8% mortgage. And so they're going to rate you based on the first score they pull. So you need to get your credit checked and cleaned up. Even if you know nothing should be wrong, you need to verify it because it could adversely penalize you before you even get out of the gate toward becoming a homeowner. Uh, The same thing goes once you have pulled that credit and it is stellar, uh, you're going to start getting a lot of offers in the mail, but you do not want to buy anything on credit. No curtains, no couches, no crap, as I say, after you've been qualified because they will pull an at closing credit app. And if you have charge cards with balances on them and minimum payments due, it's, uh, oh, I see a hand wave. JC Penny, baby. There you go. 10 years, 10 years old. Yeah. And came, came up. Yeah. The day of closing. And and guess what? You probably didn't close. No, I closed. I uh. had to, I, but I had to go to JCPenney and pay the pay the bill at the store. Yeah. I mean, it was a nightmare. It, it, it was really a drag. Yes. But, uh, so to avoid the drag, pull your credit first and then be comfortable with just buying the house and then get the crap after you get the keys. The crap comes after the keys, not pre-keys. Because I've had borrowers get declined at closing because they drove up in a $40,000 conversion van. So that's it for this week's key. For your key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our website at keystoriches.com. And for more in-depth interviews and resources and expert advice, please visit us at our sister site at unlockyourwealthradio.com, where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. For the Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. And for Michael Terry, go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.